This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know what? You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Sorry, my buttons suck. Uh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> uh, I was trying to go to a different website, and like you know, you have like a thing that says um, "leave page" that wouldn't let me click off it. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, we've uh, we've been doing good here and everything. Website's getting a, a bit of a redesign. So, if you guys go to the Big Heads Media website, by the time you hear this, it'll be done. And you can check out all the, the cool stuff there. There's a lot of uh, new functionality there. The store is open as well. You want to go ahead and get yourself a massive late fee or retro late fee t-shirt. Go ahead. Be my guest. They're there. Uh, Mike, what have you been doing this week? Uh, not much. Just same old, same old. That's cool. So... News. Sad news. Rucker Howard died. Of course, star of Blade Runner. He was 70. How old was he, Mike? 75? I don't know. 75, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Undisclosed illness. Very short undisclosed illness. So I don't know what that is, but, you know, that's that's sad. Rucker Howard was certainly a a very good actor. One of the most iconic speeches at the end of Blade Runner. R.I.P. I've uh, never Island. seen never seen Blade Runner. Really? No, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I haven't seen. I have seen The Hitcher. He was really good in that. I feel like you would. Yeah, he was really good in The Hitcher. I feel like you would like Blade Runner. I think he was the Hitcher. <laughs> was it as good as Justified, starring Justified? Ah, uh, no. Okay. So, other news. Uh, the Blair Witch is 20 years old. It makes me feel kind of old. Do you, Mike, you saw the Blair Witch in the theater, right? Yeah, a couple times, actually. Yeah, were you one of the ones that liked it, or were you one of the ones that hated it? I mean, it was all right. It wasn't, I don't think they did a great, very end. Was a just I, I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't you know the scariest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, my wife uh, apparently saw it when she was at her sister's up in the woods. Mm. Oh, and she wow. was out by herself, <laughs> so she was uh, quite a bit more terrified by it than I was. But yeah, I, I mean, I never thought it was terror. I didn't think it was terrible, but I mean, I don't. I don't think. It, I think a lot of it was just the hype, you know, from like the you know at that time the new shaky cam sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first ones too that used. The internet really well. The internet was still pretty new in 1999. And like they had a website, they had, and it was all supposed to be real. They were one of the first ones that, that kind of utilized that type of marketing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I think that even more than the found footage thing that, that all the, the horror movies use now, I think that was kind of the big, the big breakthrough for them anyway, as far as getting their movie out there and getting their movie seen by a bunch of people. I, it was one of those movies where 
it's uh, oh, it's it's scarier in your mind, kind you know, kind of thing. And you know, that's I mean, a lot of times it can be true, but I, I agree with you. Kind of, it wasn't staged exactly the best. I think to to really bring through a lot of the terror, but. Yeah, I thought it was. I at the time, I thought it was really good. As time's gone by, I, I, it's held up less and less for me. But it, it certainly. I mean, it's not something I've rewatched. Uh, though I actually watched Blair Witch Two quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a big Blair Witch Two fan. Yeah, it's a fun movie, and it builds on a lot of the mythology of the first one. Mm. Like there were a lot of like I think sci-fi had like a special. It was like the tapes of so-and-so and it built on that and then there's a lot of really nice little easter eggs in that one that's cool did you ever hear about like some people claim that the uh the blair witch ripped off this movie called the last broadcast no no what's that it was a it was very similar it was like a series of like you know like it was actually like it was it took place after like these people were killed in uh the pine barrens in new jersey okay there's like a reporter. I was like, you know, doing a story about it. And it was like kind of like found footage. It, it wasn't that good. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the like I said, the Blair Witch wasn't my favorite movie, but the last broadcast wasn't even as good as that was. And I honestly have no idea what the actual timelines are. Like, because I've been making the Blair Witch, you know, it, which probably took about a week if you see the movie, right? Um, and while they were doing the last broadcast, I don't really know. But I mean, it's just kind of funny that people always, you know, you, you can make pretty much any idea ever, and someone will claim that. They made it up first, like the Matrix movies. I think somebody sued the Wachowskis over that. And mm-hmm. I mean, just something as original as that. I mean, I mean, obviously to an extent, because there's a lot of like Gnostic, like, you know, religion in the whole Matrix mythology up to the names of the ships and the names of the characters. But I mean, I mean it's just like ridiculous what people will claim they, you know, had already like invented. Yeah, exactly. The Blair Witch always, when I saw it, it reminded me of a movie I saw on VHS. And it might have only been on VHS, I'm not sure. But I remember I rented it with my brother when I was pretty young. And it was about aliens. Basically, it was a found footage movie as well. It was It's supposed to be taking place at this guy, this kid's birthday party. And then they see some light in the sky kind of crash down. They're on an isolated farm, you know, somewhere in the Midwest. They go out to the cornfield or whatever and try to look for it. And you never see the aliens the entire time, basically, for the movie. But people start disappearing. People start, you know, they either disappear or they find them dead. And then... At the very end of the movie, this is the creepiest shot in the whole movie. And it's actually, this is staged really well, I think. The guy puts the camera down. The whole time, They're obviously, they're screaming and everything. Guy puts the camera down on a table. And he said, okay, you know, let's we'll get in the back. There's, like, the, the core family is the only ones that are left. And they're like, let's get into this back room and hide. And then it's nothing. It's just just the house kind of silent for maybe 30 seconds or so, just long enough. And then the door opens, and three aliens walk in. It's kind of like that scene in The Signs, when the alien walks through at that birthday party. And by the way, now that I think about it, because that's a birthday party as well, I wonder if M. Night Shyamalan got that idea from this movie. But they three, the three of them walk in, and then the last one stops, turns and looks at the camera, and then the camera starts to flicker a little bit. Then it goes to static, and then the movie's over. And it shows that it shows pictures of all these people saying, "Oh, they were never seen from again." You know, even though obviously it's a it's a fake film. But 
that was probably, I want to say the very early 90s, maybe the late 80s. And I've never been able to figure out the title of that film. I've never seen it again after that first time. Maybe it doesn't hold up at all from my little kid imagination. But that was creepy to me in a way that that the Blair Witch Project just kind of couldn't match, I guess. Yeah, aliens definitely are more terrifying to me than like witches. I don't really believe in any supernatural mm-hmm. type stuff. Right. I could definitely get behind like an alien. Um, are you sure this movie wasn't called uh, Men in Black who have sex with each other? <laughs> Hey, look, that alien looks like a hot guy. Let's have sex with it. <laughs> if anyone it sounds like that, if anyone can remember the name of that movie, or if anyone knows what movie I'm talking about, uh, why don't you you can hashtag Massive Late Fee or tweet at Massive Late Fee. Yes or no? Don't I don't want to know what the name of the movie because I still I want to find it. It's a challenge for me. But just if you know the name of the movie, just tweet tweet at us. Yes or no? Uh, so last last bit of news, because it's a slow news week, I'm going to attempt to say this with a straight face. I know one person in this story, and sort of, I guess tangentially, although I've never seen anything he's ever done, uh, but Tanya Mangio, 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 and Jake Paul got married in Las Vegas. Are you familiar with Jake Paul's work? Sort of. I um, I, I mean, I, I think he's like a YouTuber. My kids still who he is, and isn't he the guy who like videoed the people like hanging in the forest in Japan? Yeah, I think it's his brother Logan is the main guy on the YouTube channel, and Jake is his brother. But I think he's also on it, and apparently they're terrible people. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what I hear, but I I really can't say that for sure because. I know nothing about him. I've never seen. I saw a little bit of that really controversial thing where they're they're I guess they're like laughing at the dead people. They went to yeah, they went to that haunted or suicide forest or whatever it's called in Japan and they saw someone who had hanged himself and I guess I started laughing and, and everything. And when somebody told me that I was like, "Well, people deal with with like uh, stuff that's very emotional." In different ways, so I mean, I can kind of understand laughing at it, it, you know, as a like a tension relieving thing. But you know, people, everyone I talked to was like, "No, he was really, like, he was really rude and mean and disrespectful and all this shit." And and I was like, "Okay, whatever." I mean, and I've heard other things about him that, but I've never seen his show, so it's all it's all speculation and hearsay. But they got married. Uh, I don't care. But that's that's the last bit of news. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Have fun with your Vegas wedding. Oh, it's really tacky to get married in Vegas. Hi, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he gets a pass because he lives there. But anyway. I feel he should have uh, gone out of uh, town to get married then. I agree. They should have gone to California or, I don't know, somewhere. Um, Atlantic City. There you go. <laughs> Just go all the way across the country to get married in a very similar place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like their version of Vegas. Like, where'd you get married? <laughs> Atlantic City. Oh, <laughs> did they have gambling there? Yeah, yeah, they gamble. <laughs> Can you imagine what kind of like second rate like fucking like music acts they have in uh Atlantic City? No shit. 
Yeah, because they're 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 pulling down Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. So you know they're like twenty years past the time in Vegas. So what are they? What's playing in Atlantic City? Frank Sinatra Jr. Mm-hmm. is my guess. I was gonna say Frank Sinatra's skeleton. His uh, his headline. Sa- Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. There you go. That was one of the things. Eddie Murphy was talking about on that Comedians in Cars with Coffee, which was hilarious. He's like, Sammy Davis Jr. was into Satanism. And he's like, you know, Satan's as powerful as God, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a a completely uh, new show. It's uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is like a paranormal detective. Yeah, there you go. But he works on the side of Satan. Oh, he, man. he had to sacrifice his eye in order to get his supernatural powers. Oh, God. <laughs> Want to hear who's playing at uh, Atlantic City coming up? No. Yeah, who's playing? Frankie Valley. Oh, nice. Okay. Hal Sparks. All right. I, I don't know why anyone would want to see Hal Sparks. The soup was a while ago. He was also in... Um... Dude was my car. Yeah, he was. Uh, at Caesars Atlantic, uh, Pete Davidson is coming. Uh, guess how many tickets are left? Wow. How, all of them? That would be my guess, but I don't know how many this place seats, but, and this is kind of hilarious because it, uh, it, it posted as like, you know, being a desperate thing, like uh, 592 tickets left. <laughs> Hurry. There's only 592 left. You know who only has 472 tickets left? Last podcast on the left. A podcast. Oh my gosh. So the last podcast on the left is outselling Pete Davidson. Hanson only has 402 tickets left. Okay, so that's a 22-year-old band with their one hit. The Atlantic City Belly presents Dracula. <laughs> that sounds very Jersey to me. Yo, we got a freaking, we got a freaking vampire here. I better My do, man. I better do a pirouette. Well, you know they'd always have garlic on them, so yeah. Dracula wouldn't yeah. be much of a concern. Exactly. Mom, get your garlic bread. There's only 176 tickets left for Atlantic City Ballet Dracula. Oh God. And then John Cleese is going to be there. And he has 524 tickets left, but he did recently say some racist comments, from what I understand. Oh, did he? I don't really know what they were, though. I just, you know, heard, I mean, so probably, he probably, you know, said African-American, and that's racist now, because he's the most (laughs) up-to-date. Right. Namibian-centric, or something, I don't know. I kind of want to go see the Atlantic City Ballet Dracula. Yeah, that, that does sound really interesting to me. Oh I mean, if we God. can't see that, there's plenty of tickets left for Pete Davidson. Yeah, we can we can hear about him talk about how his dad died on 9-11. I, I, I'm not super familiar. I've seen him on like like a couple of the, like the Comedy Central roasts and stuff. I've never once heard a funny thing come out of his mouth. No, me either. Like, I don't understand. I mean, even I've seen like the few instances I've watched SNL recently. He's mm-hmm. never funny on there. I don't, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I I agree. That one girl, Cicely, or woman, I'm sorry, everyone out there, woman, Cicely Strong, I think is her name. She's somewhat funny on there, and I 
can't think of any. Is Leslie Jones still on there? She's funny. I really don't know. She's funny at times, and I, I'm gonna assume that uh, that Keenan Keenan Thompson's still on there. Yeah, I think he is. I, I like him. I, like I said before, his uh, the sketch he does, the Black Jeopardy sketch, is mm-hmm. one of the funniest things. Yeah, Ke- Keenan Thompson's my favorite. He might be the longest uh, cast member at this point. There's a thing called Legends in Concert, and I don't know who the hell is at this Legends in Concert in Atlantic City. There's like 20 tickets left for each of these. Wow. So they, uh, they, I, I bet you, I'll bet you that it's a, you know, like, uh, impersonators. I'll bet you it's, uh, a bunch of per- impersonators. Oh yeah. I could, you're, you're almost a hundred percent correct. I'm sure. But that's, that's funny that they're, uh, let's see. Hmm. I'm trying to find out what is legends in concert if they have a any kind of information on them but i'm okay here we go Bru- oh bruno mars okay so yeah okay yeah he's he's still i mean I don't, I don't know how popular he is currently but that makes sense but it is an impersonator it's pretty clearly an impersonator for all these people Bruno. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. The Donna Summer one uh, yes. does not look like a Donna Summer one. They all look like real dolls. It's terrible. Donna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's gonna be impersonator since both George Michael and Aretha Franklin are gonna be there. Yeah, and and I think it looks like David Bowie and Elvis. David Bowie and Elvis. Everyone on here is dead, with the exception of Bruno Mars and Donna Summer. I don't think she's dead. She might not be. I, th- yeah, it's, uh, I think they- she's still alive. See, this is so weird because, like, this, I mean, who who happens to, like, all these groups? Like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of a Bruno Mars and a David Bowie and Aretha Franklin. Donna Summer is dead. She died in 2012. Well, I guess Bruno Mars is the only person who's still alive that's on the uh, the ticket. Wait a second. Let's see if Bruno Mars is Uh-oh. still alive. Because <laughs> this, is, this is not a good trend. Bruno Mars is 33. He's still alive. <laughs> Currently. Oh, oh, wow. He's only 33? Yeah. But if uh, if they if the legends of Atlantic City have anything to say about it, he won't be for much longer. Uh, and in, in defense of Atlantic City, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is also going to be there. Oh, well, good for them. Good for them getting Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, I... I also don't really love Jerry Seinfeld stand up, but it's a big get. Yep. All right. So now we. Next question. <laughs> We're not doing uh, educating Mike anymore because Mike and I both. I'm re- fully educated now. Yeah. And my, Mike and I both realized that we don't, neither of us like the segment that much, but we never said anything to each other about it. Because we have such deep and abiding respect for each other, or uh, neither one of us like conflict that much. What are the, what are I, the just two? Use, I just use the time for research for the other stuff I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I don't know. It just it's so hit and miss with, and I, you know, I, to to really make it good, I have to watch a movie. And I watched a lot of crappy movies when I was a kid, but I don't want to watch bad movies anymore. So now we're gonna do bad TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> They're quicker. Yeah, because at least it's only a half an hour long. But Mike hasn't seen the one this week because I ju- we just talked about this now. I guess you'll, you'll get a peek behind the curtain. Uh, so I'm not really going to do any one this week, but 
I want you all to know that uh, that it's coming, and I think it's going to be good. I did a thing on YouTube called Dumpster Diving, which I guess this is what it, maybe we'll call it Dumpster Diving. I don't know. It's kind of based on that, where I would do different 80s and 90s sitcoms and sort of tear them apart, and Mike and I will we'll just go back and forth and kind of rip on on shows or maybe find good stuff that that we like i don't know we'll we'll see but i know mike you were a big fan of family matters right yeah for way longer than i should have been like i i watched and, and then i stopped watching at a certain point then i started watching it and it, did, it just made no sense like they were teleporting and shit like you're having trouble like getting money you're having trouble getting money for your wedding but you're fucking teleporting to disney world what, what sense does that make so I uh, I think Family Matters might be the first one that we do, uh, but tune into that tomorrow or not tomorrow. Tune into that next week, and you you should be pleasantly surprised. Uh, now we'll go to keeping current with Mike, where we plumb the depths of the horrible world of celebrity gossip that Mike and I don't care about, and try to figure out what's going on. Mike, where are we going this week? Um, I really need to ask my wife. She's offered to give me some ideas of flights to go to, but I'm just, I, I have no idea what to do here. Uh, so I just went to TMZ. This might be like a third time I went there. Okay. We got to go I back to for- Bossop at some point. I could do that instead if you want to. That's up to you. No, I'll just stay here. I'll do I'll do Bossop next week, though. Uh, all right. Though I do follow them on Twitter, and it's a fucking hot mess if you ask me. <laughs> See, again, I tried looking for TMZ Sports, which I thought was a separate website, but I don't think it is. So oh, okay. It's just like a category on their normal website, so I don't, I don't... I don't think I've ever been to TMZ's website. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. It's a shit show. <laughs> it's just like giant headlines with stupid captions, you know, like all of them pretty much. I, I watched their show that was on... I think maybe it was on Fox or something like that at like three in the morning. I, I watched that every once in a while when I used to work as as a dealer and it would just be this guy. I guess he was the editor or whatever, standing in front of the bull room. Everyone's at their cubicle and he's like, okay, uh, Shia LaBeouf took a shit on the street. What have we got? Yeah, I can't there was some movie that parodied that with Will Arnett playing that guy and it was, it was a really funny scene. I just don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. If you guys can remember what that movie is, tweeted us yes or no. Can you remember? <laughs> yeah, for any, for any, this won't be confusing at all. <laughs> all right, our first headline: Bachelor alum Jade Roper Tolbert. I don't know who the fuck that is. Wow. I gave birth in my closet. Three exclamation. <laughs> wow. That's a very specific. I mean, why would you not go to a bed? You're, I mean, I don't think childbirth is so like fucking sudden that you're like, oh, I'm looking at some shoes and I'm giving birth. Yeah, no kidding. So, Are you you familiar with the Bachelor at all, uh, Mark? Uh, my wife watches it, and I've seen episodes here and there of both the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. I'm not sure who Jane Tolbert is. Is that Jade? I think. Oh, Jade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not well, sure who that is, but let me see. Uh, okay. Said she's hey. married to fellow Bachelor alum Tanner Tolbert, so it sounds to me like they were both on the show, but they weren't like the main, like the Bachelor or Bachelorette or whatever. 
this it's so weird like i guess i understood i understand the idea behind the bachelor or the bachelorette to a to a degree it's like reality tv started to get big and they said okay let's make a game show but it's the game show it's like the dating game mixed with a game show mixed with survivor so i guess i kind of get the idea but now it's such a weird entity all to itself because there's all these bachelor quote-unquote bachelor alumni and bachelorette alumni and they all hang out together and then different one of them's different ones from different seasons end up getting married to each other you know even though they never they they weren't on the same season they didn't know each other they, they never dated and then they all like the the girls or the guys whichever one it is if it's bachelor or bachelorette they all they all make out with each other <laughs> shit it's just Ugh. it's such a weird it's like i don't know it's like tinder on crack it's such a weird thing it, it, I, I don't know what society is coming to are you are you on the tmz website right now uh i can get on there let give oh, me one there's second. something very important about the story you need to actually see okay <laughs> and it's a dude let me know when you get to the story all right i'm on i'm on there right now i just looked up uh, jade and that was one it's of the like, first things that came up so yeah okay do you see the picture of her like sitting on there I'm, I, by the way we'll just keep doing visual references for people listening to this yeah exactly that, but do you see the picture yeah i see the picture is that the shamwell guy who's now a medic in the background <laughs> I had to move away from the mic for that, but it does look a lot like Vince, whatever his name is, the ShamWow guy. And you, you can just imagine him about to say, I got a way to get all, rid of all that afterbirth real quick. <laughs> He's got a bucket, like a bucket right there in the ShamWow. <laughs> he just soaks it up. Oh, God. Oh my god, does that lady have like five pairs of the exact same kind of shoe? That's yeah, I see that too, that shoe closet bag. Now, did she give birth in her closet on purpose? Because it's like another room. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I don't think, again, I don't think, oh, I'm going to labor. Oh, it's it's here already. I mean, why would you not move? She suddenly went into labor. Labor doesn't work that fast. I mean, it, like it's so weird. For, for yeah, we're men. Happen. We're experts on this subject. Exactly. We clearly know that doesn't happen. I mean, my... My first wife gave birth, you know, the regular way, I guess. And then uh, my second wife gave birth by planned cesarean section. But the first, the first, <laughs> the first comment says, I'm a happy girl with a U. And it says, Republican strategist, President Trump has miscalculated gravely <laughs> by criticizing <laughs> the quote squad of four congresswomen. By the way, I hate that name for the congresswoman because, as we all know from from Bill Hader and uh, John Mulaney, that the squad is actually a group of problematic bachelors that uh, that, that one host hangs out with. Uh, anyway, so anyone watching the donkey party comedy debate, why is this all political shit? I mean, I understand that this this story is stupid, and I guess no one wants to comment on that. But well, it's it attracts stupid people to it, so therefore you have stupid people making stupid comments. Apparently, yeah. They named him Ashy Larry. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 
See, I wanted to comment on there that he looks like the ShamWow guy, but I don't want to have to like register and shit. Right? Yeah, it's too much work. We can just so tell all of our I fans. A, I need a series of troll accounts because I, re- I, re- I realize half the time when I want to make a comment, it's a very insincere, malicious comment that I don't want being tracked back to me. Here's one. This kid came out of the closet really early. <laughs> Jeez. And then it's a girl, but and then somebody said, "Have they signed the baby up for trans surgery yet?" Maybe. Okay, so maybe these two people that I don't know anything about are super politically active or something like that, and like hardcore Democrats or or something. Maybe that's the only uh, that's the only reason I can think of that people would be making comments like this, unless the world is really just that fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of idiots out there, and they vote, so that's awesome. This person said, that would be scary as fuck. Oh, man, it hurts so bad. Congrats on the new baby. What? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Let's let's move on from this. Yeah, Yeah, let's move on. But ShamWow, Vince, good job. I know your career kind of went south. I'm glad that you're, you're gainfully employed now. What's crazy about the ShamWow guy is, like, before he came out with ShamWow, he came out with this, like, thing called, like, the underground comedy movie. And I, oh, I remember commercials. Did you ever see commercials for yes, that? Yes, like, I did. Night. Yep. And it looks so bad. And I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember those commercials. There was, like, a guy in a... Carmen Electro was in it? Yeah, there was a guy in a wheelchair just, like, rolling down this uh, very steep street and crashing, and that's supposed to be funny. I remember every visual gag I saw, I was like, this is supposed to be funny? One time I was uh, going to like community college, and like this one I went to, like they had like a very like gradual kind of slope, and there was a guy in a wheelchair, <laughs> and he was going down it, and he was like, fucking take it off. I'm like, oh my god, that's pretty sweet. And sure enough, he crashed, and I, uh, I stood there long enough to make sure somebody else helped him, and then walked away. This guy's name officially, I guess, is Vince Offer. <laughs> Yeah. Which I guess makes sense that he became a pitchman. But apparently he was born in Beersheba, Israel. Israel. Yeah, I knew he was born in Israel. And his real name is Offer Shalomi. So his, his first name's actually Offer. But uh, yeah, he's called the Sham Wow guy and the Slap Chop guy. Yeah, people forget about the Slap Chop. Oh, man. So, Sticky. Wait, what? So here's yeah, the sticky too. I forgot about that. Okay, Invincible. He began a series of advertisements pitching a kitchen cleaner called Invincible. He hoped that this product, the first one he developed himself, would be the start of a comeback. He also expressed interest in working as a TV producer for other salespeople. Uh, In 2014, offer appeared in Canada Green commercial advertising their Quickly Grass product. And then in 2016, he began working as a paramedic in uh, California. I wish that were true. (laughs) I didn't get you with that one, huh? No. Uh, He divorced his wife in 2018. Good for him. (laughs) All right. Our next headline is uh, Chuck D. Sue's music label. You stole money. You stole from me. Three, Three exclamation points. You can, what what the fuck is a one exclamation point story in this? This is what I want. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, record label screws rapper from the 80s is probably the most cliche thing you could think of. 
I think every oh. rapper got fucked over by their record label. If only that were the case. See, this is uh, in regards to a deal that happened in 2001. Oh, God. According to Chuck D, they took advantage of his lack of business acumen and screwed him out of tons of cash and the rights to his songs. I, I don't know if he was trying to sell the catalog at that point. That would be my guess, because I can't imagine anybody caring about any music he made after 2001. Seriously. I mean, the the most popular thing from Public Enemy is Flava Flav. I mean, no one mm-hmm. cares about... I mean, maybe some rappers will like cite him as an influence, but... I've heard one song by Public Enemy ever, and it was uh, Fight the Power, and it was on uh, Life Goes On being sung by Corky. <laughs> he was like, wearing like a sunglasses and a black leather jacket. God, and I, I think what a I great show that was. Yeah, I didn't really care for that show, but I watched it because uh, it was fun to watch. And I, uh, I'm not allowed to say why I thought it was fun. Yep, exactly. I, well, I hear you. Uh, in 2000 and... In 2005, he, I guess this is a public enemy album, so I don't understand why this is under his solo filmography, or discography, but, oh, okay, sorry, that's with public enemy. Doesn't public enemy also have, like, like an anti-Semitic guy, like Professor Griff, I think his name is? Sure. I was never big into public enemy, I was into NWA. Who was? Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Uh, in 2000, he made an album called Objects in the Mirror Are Closer Than They Appear, parentheses, Confrontation Camp Album. What? What? That is an entirely too long title for your rap album. Uh, with songs like Jailbreak, Break the Law, Carry My Load, Jasper, Che, Against the Elements, when the shit hits the fan, babies making, babies killing babies, grudge, you are us, out and super. So, all hits, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's over a million dollars in damages according to him. So, oh, yeah. wow. I would, be, I would be surprised if it was more than a million pennies. Yeah, the uh, next headline is YouTube's, quote, King of Random, Grant Thompson dead at 38. Then we have the ellipsis. And then the next part is pretty hilarious, given the first part of the sentence, paragliding act. Oh, God. Congrats, you really are the king of random. <laughs> what a random death at 38. That's, that's sad. That's, that's, it's, it's, he's, he's right, it's random. Yeah, I, I don't know what king of random is. I'm going to assume that king of random is a the name of his channel maybe probably let's see how much does the king of random make nothing now net worth six million dollars internet personality who runs the youtube channel titled the king of random six million bucks so somebody's getting that i don't know who yeah, it's it's really surprising. Like you'll I'll find people that like have had like YouTube accounts for like a year if that and some of them have like, you know, oh, I make ten thousand dollars a month on this channel and that sort of thing. It's it's really random, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not too soon. It's not too soon to say very random. Uh let's see what the king of random dot com has in store. It's Oh, he's actually been around a while. His channel started in twenty ten. Oh, is he one of these people that just like sets fire to shit and and like runs things through a industrial size shredder and shit. 
I don't know. It says he started documenting experiments, life hacks, and random weekend projects. So I really don't know. Yep, I think that's what I think that's what it is. It's not I, every once in a while I'll find one of those videos where I say, "Okay, this is okay to watch for kind of interesting to watch for five minutes or whatever." But some some people they like get mesmerized by him. I don't I don't quite understand it. Oh, he's got he's, so he's got a well he had a series of shirts for sale. The uh, the second the biggest shirt, the biggest selling shirt on here says "Random Happens." <laughs> so that's that's unfortunate. Then there's one with a person on fire that says, "I tried it at home." And then the next one says it's an explosion. It says, "Look, mom, no hands," and it's a person with no hands. So. All of those are a little on the nose <laughs> based on how he died. I feel bad laughing at him, but I mean, he kind of brought it on himself. I, I can still appreciate the irony. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, rest, rest in peace. Um, that's it for... I'm, I'm done with this website for today. <laughs> okay. So uh, now we will move on to the Parents Guide game. We uh, We had... I don't know if we had a winner last week or not. I forget. I've been way too busy to check to check Twitter, everybody, or or Facebook. Uh, tweet in if you won, yes or no. Yes or no. Yes or no if you won. Just uh, no context, just yes or no. And uh, and we'll figure out all that. We'll, we'll go through all that and figure out who's answering what and, and and if you won. And we'll send you your $50 gift card to that trendy restaurant that sells chicken wings for $25. Uh, so, Parents Guide game. Mike, I, I think it's your turn to go first. I don't think we keep track of that, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you're going to go first. I want to say real quick, though, there's an ad on mine. And it says endless movie tickets all day, every day. And then it looks like what's a movie meal <laughs> in the picture. And it makes me laugh. Is there a uh, rule of quarters missing a few next to it? Yeah, there should be. For any more right. on the buys a movie meal. This one is going to be tough because I only have a few clues. But I think you'll get it. I'll read them in order of least difficult to most difficult. Okay. Oh, a shout out to our uh, our networkies. I don't know what the word for that is. Super Media Brothers podcast. They've reached one thousand followers on Twitter. Oh, good for them. Good for them. Good for the Super Media Brothers. Yeah, I was listening to them earlier today. They're actually over it now. They're like one thousand and two. So I'm going to unfollow because they said they wanted a thousand specifically, and I don't <laughs> want to spoil. All right, I'll unfollow them too. They'll be at a thousand exactly. Nice. And stay there. <laughs> Let's see, our first clue is from the profanity category. Mm -hmm. Fuck, dick, and other mild swears. How is fuck a mild swear? I don't no know. Said, no said in an intense way, so they're no longer mild is what you're telling <laughs> Fuck! Um, hey, the way you said that made it more intense. I will say it is the Terminator. No. Okay. So here is your first first clue uh let's see a man is shot in the knee oh that sounds familiar super bad nope alcohol drugs and smoking 
None. That's one of the clues. <laughs> okay. Uh, hmm. So there's swearing, but no alcohol, drugs, or smoking. Interesting. Okay. I will say the Shawshank Redemption. No. Okay. Uh, a man gets gasoline poured on him and gets set on fire. He Quentin Duke, a love story? No. <laughs> I know I didn't pronounce that right. No intense seeds of violence, but an alien is shot and carried into the house, but is not really dead. Hmm. Is this the movie that I was talking about? Did you somehow yes, it, yeah. find it? <laughs> yeah, it took me like two seconds. <laughs> what? what is it? What's it called? Well, you said earlier you don't want to hear the name of it, so I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> Oh, man, I looked for that, uh, although, albeit it was like 10 years ago. I guess I didn't look that hard for it. It's from 1989. What's it called? It actually has, it actually has two titles. One of the titles is UFO Abduction. Uh-huh. The other one is the, Mc, the McPherson Fire. Yeah, that's what it was called, the McPherson Fire. That's right. However, you didn't technically guess the name of the movie, so you lost. Okay, I'll take that loss. Still tweet at us, yes or no, if you know the name of the movie. I did. Uh, okay, so this one also has to do with aliens. So I will, which is funny. So I will. Uh, I'll read one that has to do with the aliens. An alien is blown up on screen with a grenade. No blood. Uh, is this Independence Day? No. Huh, I don't know if I've seen this one, but go ahead. A man transforms into an alien. His head inflates and stretches, and eventually splits in half. Very gory. Um, is it the movie Nowhere? No. Several men have their thumbs cut, and the blood put into dishes for testing. The cutting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah, it's John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, correct. You got it. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I want to. I want to show that to my uh, my ten year old because she wants to watch like more like scary movies. So I think would. I think it's. I think it's pretty appropriate because it's not. It's a lot of body horror, but it's not super frightening or anything. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely got a, another one I wanted to see is Aliens. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, there's not really. It's weird how like it's kind of okay to show violence. I mean, you, you don't feel as bad showing like violence and like you know profanity, but if there's like some like inappropriate like relation is like oh no we can't it's it's weird i mean it makes it, it makes sense if it makes if that yeah it is weird that we're so much more protective over over seeing sex than we are seeing horrible violence which out of all the things you know not that i want to say this but you know when they get older hopefully they're more likely to have that actually come to fruition than like violence or you know oh for sure yeah. Really care about yeah oh all right this one i have to mild mildly edit because i think if i Use one word here, it would really give you a clue. Okay. Is it Weisenheimer? This is the next one. Uh, no, it's not. Um, several Weisenheimers are shot up inside a car by machine guns. Blood splatters all over the windshield. Uh, Goodfellas? No, but that's not... I, I, I was going to say that's not a bad guess, but it's it, that will throw you off. Okay. It's, it's not Goodfellas, though. All right, so here is your first one. Uh, 
I want to give you one that's more more uh, descriptive than that because. Okay. A man is shot in the foot. He winces briefly, and a bloody wound is seen for a second. Hmm. I don't know. Super bad. Mm, no. Although, does someone get shot in the foot in that movie? I think they. I think they do. I don't think they do actually. Oh yeah, I thought maybe I thought McLovin got shot in the foot or something. He just gets punched. Yeah, and deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, does he get punched? Oh yeah, by that one guy, the yeah. guy, the, the guy who like spits on him. Maybe, maybe he, I don't remember. I think the guy that robs the store punches him. Uh, you're right. He does. All right, this is a pretty good clue, but it's not super obvious. Drinking and smoking throughout. Tobacco use indicates the time. Oh, okay. So, so it's a movie that takes place probably in the '60s or the '70s, maybe when smoking, or or I guess even earlier, where when smoking was much more prevalent in the country. And I mean, obviously, it's like a. Is it The Godfather Two? No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, so this one, it this is profanity, which usually doesn't give much of a hint, but I think, I think this will be somewhat of a hint to you. Three hundred uses of fuck. <laughs> Twenty-two uses of shit. Thirteen uses of prick. Four uses of son of a bitch. Two uses of the N-word writ- written out, hard R and all. Cocksucker and dick. And one use of bitch. Also seven instances of bastard. Five instances of Jesus Christ. Four uses of goddamn. Three uses of hell. And two uses of damn. Is this good, fellas? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you see, the, the foot thing, that's, that's, like, that's very familiar. Three I don't remember. hundreds. That's so many. Yeah, there's basically two directors that you could guess at that point, and including yep. the hard R on the uh, N-word, too. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Scorsese is such a genius, though. I mean, I, I, I don't know when that movie comes out with The Irishman. Does that come out soon, do you know? Yeah, I, I, really I, think, it, I think it's... And it, it's coming to Netflix, which is one of the things that I love about it, because, uh, you know, I don't want to go to the theater. We almost saw... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I haven't. I've heard from, like, three people that it's really good, and I've heard from, like, five people that it's absolutely terrible. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll see it, but I don't know if I'll go to the... It's, like, two hours and 45 minutes. I don't really want to be in a theater. Oh, holy so I'm, shit. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to fall asleep at some point. There's no there's no question about I didn't even... I didn't know it was that long. I, yeah, I, that's why I didn't want to go see it, because it's just so long. I mean, I'd be really surprised if Tarantino made a really bad film, but you know, it's it's always possible. At one, these directors at some point can can always you know end up failing. So let's see. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard that the one he did, um, uh, Death Proof, isn't great, but I haven't seen it myself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not it's not the best, but it's not horrible. It's. But it's, does he yeah. does he include that in his like you know he says he's only going to make ten movies total is that included in the total do you know? I think so Kill Bill counts as one 
and that oh, even though it? It, yeah and that's even though that's part of you know uh, the collaboration with two movies one of which he didn't direct that counts as one i believe as well because he, he was also he also directed a, like a part of four rooms so i don't know if that's included i would imagine it's not but i don't really know yeah i don't i don't think he counts that so the irishman is apparently it's going to premiere at the new york film festival on september 27th of this year and then there's no solid date on when it's going to appear on Netflix, but somebody close to the the filming said they believe that it will premiere in October on, on Netflix, which makes sense given that it's going to open up at the film festival on the 27th coming to, to Netflix in October makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, let's see. My next clue is... Many graphic scenes, but nothing the viewers, in parentheses, who aren't faint-hearted, can take seriously within the context of the film. Hmm. Okay, so... How about I give you a couple clues, just to kind of, like, you know, so you can kind of... Is like, it sense, Johnny you know, Dangerously? Gonna... No, but that's a good guess. Okay. There is a lot of... <laughs> pardon me. There's a lot of bloody, brutal violence. Hmm. A man inhales tobacco in a few... Inhales tobacco. Okay, like snuff. Um, yeah, which makes sense because I actually thought uh, it was cocaine he was doing, which didn't make a lot of sense. And you'll understand why once you figure out what the movie is. Okay, so wow, if you're doing snuff, I mean that's way back. Gangs of New York. No, I haven't seen that. Um, but that would be kind of fun if we both picked up Martin Scorsese movies, right? All right, here's here's all it has for profanity. There's two things. One one says some strong language. The next one says twenty two uses of fuck, seven uses of shit, five <laughs> uses of ass, two uses of son of a bitch, one use of bitch and slut. Also five uses damn, six uses of goddamn, three uses of hell, four uses of the word negro, two uses of balls, four uses of bastards. Okay, so wait, there, okay, so machine guns exist, so it can't be that far in the past but it could be like the 30s oh is it is it bonnie and clyde it is not here's another clue a character strangles another character to death very graphic okay do they get machine gunned in a car in that movie because i i'm thinking i have a thought I'll give you one more clue. This might help. Okay. A shootout occurs in a bar. Two yeah. men are shot at point what, blank range in the groin. It's what I thought then. It's um, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I wasn't sure if you'd seen that, but I assumed you had. Yeah, I've seen it. That's a good one. That's probably my favorite of his movies, honestly. I still say Jackie Brown is my favorite, but it's a close second. Jackie Brown is really good. That's, that's a very underrated Tarantino movie, I think. Yeah, Jackie Brown's probably my second favorite. Uh, and, you know, Pulp Fiction's up there, obviously. See, I think I've seen Pulp Fiction too many times. And also, if you watch it, like if you haven't seen it in a while, it's kind of a slow-moving movie, which sounds crazy to say when there's, like, you know, gunfights every mm-hmm. other scene. But it's just, it's the whole movie is just really, like, precious, the way he treats, like, the dialogue and, like, the characters. Yep. is like, he doesn't really let them, like, like in, in Glorious Bastards, he just, like, makes great... We'll talk about Glorious Bastards when we talk about what we watch because that's one of the things I watched this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he, he. I agree with Pulp Fiction. It does. It does move at a pace. You know, it's not a. It's not a. It, it's weird to think now, but it's not a quick paced movie. It was sort of a quick paced paced movie back in 1994, though. It's yeah. it's very much of its era in that way. And there's a lot of like stuff that now seems kind of gimmicky. You know, like the whole mm-hmm. like different like the time streams not taking place in the same. I mean, it's just a. It's just because it's been like almost 30 years which sounds insane to say if not yeah. no it's, it's only been like 25 maybe but yeah. yeah it's uh it's a i mean it's just been you know so and so many movies since then have been influenced by pulp fiction that you know it's like oh i've seen this before but that's because you've seen it because they were emulating pulp fiction exactly it's like anytime i see bullet time in, in a movie that the, like the slow you know action scenes the the jump kicks i mean they parody that in in comedy films now and it's like you know so i can I can imagine kids or y- younger people, teenagers today, going to see, you know, The Matrix and being like, oh, this is just silly. And it's like, well, it's hard to understand because they're the ones that kind of popularized it. I think they invented the bullet time thing. Yeah. And it, it's like, so it's hard to explain. It's hard to tell people, well, just put put your mind back in that era when you, you know, I- imagine you've never seen this before. <laughs> I've seen the first Matrix recently, and it still holds up. That is a very, that's like that's like a that's one of my favorite movies too. It's a, yeah. I love action movies that you know are like I was talking to my friend Matt about this. Like a lot of people make action movies that are just like they have a lot of action, but it's like just a terrible movie. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. there's fun parts, but it's like it's okay. It's, it, I mean, yeah, you know how to do the action part, but the rest of the movie just kind of sucks. Like the Matrix is like a it's it's a it's a it's got philosophy, it's got rebellion, mm-hmm. it's got you know like. I mean the first. The first. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's no spoilers in a movie that old. But the first time you see it and you realize that the whole. Because I mean, the marketing was really great for that movie too. Because mm-hmm. the whole like marketing was what is the Matrix? Because yep. they mention it, but you really have no idea what they're talking about. And then when you realize, and you don't realize until maybe about like a third into the movie that oh shit, the entire thing that you've seen so far is just a computer simulation. Mm-hmm. That's like mind blowing. Absolutely. Yeah. I the Matrix is one of my favorite. The first one is one of my favorite movies too. And I agree. It. I, I watched it probably two or three weeks ago. It definitely. It definitely still holds up. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a classic for sure. Oh, but Mike alluded to it. Well, first, I guess we'll do we'll do a promo. So we're gonna do a promo. Uh, actually, the website's being worked on right now, as I kind of alluded to. Well, not right now because you're listening to this in the future, so you know more than than we do. You know exactly uh, what happened at the King of Random's funeral, <laughs> and we we don't yet. But I maybe he's I don't know if it'll be in two days. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I can't look up who we're we're supposed to be doing right now. So this show's good. It's it's the next one on the list, and. It's a show on the network, so you know you're going to love it. Listen to this. Here's them. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Kevin. And we're the hosts of the Rinkside Podcast. We were annoyed by the lack of hockey coverage on local sports radio and decided that we were stupid enough to try and provide some ourselves. We have what we call the Rinkside Guarantee. We guarantee that the podcast you're currently listening to is better than ours. We are literally just two halves of one whole idiot trying to fumble through covering the Detroit Red Wings, the National Hockey League, and hockey in general. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Ringside Pod, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast providers. Every time you listen to our podcast, it brings us one step closer to our ultimate business goal of purchasing the Arizona Coyotes and then moving them to Detroit. What? Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming, or just another commercial. We aren't the ones who make those choices. 
Well, they do a great job, so why don't you go to their show? And now, on to the rest of our show. Mike, we'll get into what we're watching. Uh, yeah, why don't you talk about... We can talk about your 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 thing first, and then we'll go to to mine. Uh, but I think we'll have a good discussion about both these things. Yeah, this uh, this week I watched, I watched a lot of uh, Futurama. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, like, I watched it and kind of fell asleep during some of it. Because I, I was trying to watch episodes I haven't really seen before. And uh, some of those were like the the movies that came out, you know, a few years ago on the on the, the Comedy Central network. Uh-huh. Like so, so uh, Bender's Big Score. I didn't see that one recently because I've seen that one before. But, like the Beast with the Main Backs, I watched that. Mm-hmm. I had seen parts of that before, and also um, Bender's Game. I saw that too. So I mean, they're they're fun. I mean, I like them. I, I didn't appreciate them at the time, but they, you know, it's nice as a fan of the show Futurama to go back and watch. And like, okay, it's it's you know, it's. Pacing is a little different because it's like a four, you know, four episode length rather than one. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a huge Futurama fan. It's one of my favorite shows, and so it's yep. nice that it's on Hulu. Unfortunately, that's the only place I can find it. But at least I can find it there. It's you know, worth the subscription price alone for me. Yeah, I love Futurama too. It's one of my favorite shows, and I think it's it's one that's held up. Better than than The Simpsons has. I had, I think that's because The Simpsons just didn't. I mean, Futurama was kind of forced to stop because it never really got great ratings for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, I think a lot of times it was cut off by like football on Sunday. I don't, I don't remember if it was before or after The Simpsons, but a lot of that, like Sunday Night Football at Fox, is really fucked up with the schedule of The Simpsons and Futurama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But and even when they made some new episodes, like the movies you're talking about and everything, they. I mean, they might not be quite as great as the the original episodes, but I think that they're still pretty good. I, I think it's the best thing that Matt Manning's created. Obviously, not his most successful thing, but it, it's the one that that I enjoy the most. And there's a sure. lot of there was a lot of really meticulous and smart planning that went into to that show and different things with with the mythology that's behind yeah. that show. I think like half the writers have like PhDs or some kind of advanced degree. Like they actually mm-hmm. invented a like a mathematical theorem for one of the episodes where they switch heads. Yeah. Like they had to like figure out like like the I think it was it wasn't David X Cohen. Uh, it was another one of the writers who like had like a PhD in math who kind of figured out and like he actually published it in like a mathematical paper like proof that this would make. Sense. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so I, I I enjoy that show a lot. I, I like pretty much everything that they do. Uh, on Futurama, that's I, I. I need to watch Futurama. It's been a little while since I've gone back and watched it, and that's that's another one that you can you know you can put the kids in front of, and you know it's a lot of it's smart humor. So you know it's it's a good for the yeah. There's it's to. like the Simpsons where you know there's jokes on many levels, so the adults can appreciate things that the kids don't quite get what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Futurama a lot. I saw the, so I finished, I kind of alluded to it last week, but I finished the first season of The Society, which is a show on Netflix. Mike, I think this is, I I know you don't like a ton of stuff, uh, you know, that gets kind of mainstream, uh, but I think this is, and I don't know how exactly how mainstream this this show is, because I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, but I think you'd actually like this show. Now, they're hour-long episodes, and it's 10 episodes. And I think it needs it for the premise of the show. My only worry is this premise is going to be good for probably three seasons max. Like 30 hours of TV. It's like 15 movies. It's definitely enough time 
to tell the story. I don't think they could go any farther than that. It'll get stretched really thin. So I hope they don't do that. I was very heartened to hear that The Good Place, which is sort of a similarly built show, uh, is is ending after this season. I love The Good Place. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. I don't necessarily... It's not like I want it to end, but the premise being how it is, there's really not much more that they can do with it. So I'd rather them just make... Four seasons, for, in the case of The Good Place, four seasons of a really great TV show that, that doesn't get bad at some point, as opposed to going on for five or six seasons and then the whole premise falling apart and it getting shitty. So uh, that's my only fear with the society, because uh, right now they have only have one season. The next season is coming out uh, next year. But the premise of the show is these kids, they live in a town called West Ham in Connecticut, and they go there. It's the upperclassmen of a high school. So juniors and seniors are like 16, 17, 18 years old. And they they get on this bus because they're going to go on a ski trip as their senior class trip right before graduation. The bus drives out of town for several hours and then most of them fall asleep. And at some point, the bus turns around and it drops them back off at their town and says there there was a rock you know, change of plan. There's a rock slide in the road, and we can't we can't go to the ski trip. So you're back home. So they get out at the village green, and no one's there. All the parents are gone. There, there's the houses are there. All the equipment's there. The cars are all there. The stuff that their parents own is actually in the house, but no one else is there but them. They go exploring around the town to see if they can find some help, and their town is covered in woods. They have a drone that goes up, and for miles and miles and miles around them, it's all woods. They're completely isolated. So the the show is basically a cross between Lost, where you're trying to figure out where are they, what what is this place, how did they get here, how can they get back home, and like house of cards because pretty quickly they realize, okay, we're going to have to start rationing food. We're going to have to start setting up some form of, of like of, of a society basically, uh, you know, to make sure that, that people are safe, that they're not, that people just don't devolve into anarchy basically. So it's a lot of the episodes are focused on that. They're focused on the characters and they're focused on, uh, how they're building the society and the interaction between characters and the, the fighting and, and stuff between between each characters. But there's always in the background this kind of looming thing. And, and they don't do it every episode, but you know every few episodes they'll, they'll have another revelation about what's going on with them. Because obviously they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on with them while still trying to keep this... Pl- excuse me, tr- still trying to keep this place together. So it's sort of a cross between those two things. And the first episode was kind of slow, and I I talked to my wife, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like this show, but I'll give it one more episode. And then maybe midway through the second episode or or a a quarter through the second episode, it kind of started to pick up a little bit. I started to get more interested in in, in what was going on, and then by the third episode, I was, like, hooked. Um, It sounds definitely up my alley. I mean, it sounds like there's a sci-fi or fantasy element to Mm -hmm. it from what you described. Which, yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm a huge fan of, like, a, like post-apocalyptic type thing. Yeah, 
And it's funny because they keep saying to themselves, we have to figure out where we're at. I don't know why they don't just assume they're in the, the their town and everyone's gone. I guess maybe because they know their town wasn't surrounded by woods that they couldn't yeah. get out of. But they keep, oh, well, there is a thing. I don't know if I want to ruin anything for you if you end up watching it. But I, I guess this is a very minor spoiler. There's a thing early on where... Uh, they're meditating because people break up into different factions and some people are meditating in the like the village green and there's an eclipse and the person is just like they're like oh it's a sign you know that we asked for the the universe or whatever to give us and he said it's just a scheduled event right so then they they look at an almanac later and they're in the year 2019. It takes place now. They're, and they say the next total eclipse of the sun isn't scheduled to happen in North America until 2024. So that wasn't a scheduled event. So they, they theorize, okay, there's there's a few possibilities. We're somehow in the... I don't f- even know if that one's going to hit, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, Connecticut that well. Right, exactly. But they're like, so there's some possibilities. We're, we're in the future. Uh, we're in some sort of alternate dimension. Uh, we're not on our planet anymore, or, or so you know, like they they give these these different theories, and that's the only thing too that I guess could ruin the show is what the ultimate answer is. The answer to where they where they are has to be satisfying because I've thought to myself like, okay, are they in some sort of experiment? That would be kind of not super interesting if they're all dead, which some people have have theorized. I don't think that would be super interesting, although there are some things, and I won't ruin anything else, but there are some things that happen in the story that I think it's pretty clear they're not dead. I, they, there'd be it, it would be a real stretch to to say that they're actually like dead and in some sort of afterlife. I don't think that's the answer. Did J.J. Uh, Abrams produce this by chance? No, no. It, it, what's funny is... Oh, okay, good then. They're, they're probably not dead. What's funny is, is the guy that created the show created Party of Five. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is not a show that I like that much, but I'm guessing that he got a much better writer's room for, for this show because the show is a, a lot better. Um, So... One thing that I kind sorry of, that a uh, party of five wasn't as good as you wanted it to be right exactly, but but uh, one thing hey, hey, party yeah. of five did lead to one of the best parts of Curb Your Enthusiasm though yeah that's that's right because <laughs> if you remember in that episode he talks to a writer from Party of Five maybe yeah. it's this guy yeah hey on Party of Five didn't didn't uh, he I can't remember the character's name but didn't he have the Charlie, good cancer yeah, didn't, didn't Charlie have the good cancer <laughs> what, what do you mean by good cancer well you know like because there's two types of lymphoma he's like well he had he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and the survival rates better than than uh, lymphoma he's like so it's it's good cancer he's like I wouldn't say good. It's better. It's like, yeah, better, you know, but not good. <laughs> that that right. is that is one of the best parts of, uh, of Curb Your Enthusiasm. But yeah, so one thing that I kind of figured out about this is because in the beginning of the show, like the very beginning of the show, they talk about how there's this smell around the town. And someone said, I thought they got rid of that. And it comes out at some point in the show that there's been this horrible smell around town and they they contracted a guy to get rid of it. And 
I really hope that um, they use Leonard Skinner on the soundtrack for this episode. <laughs> Ooh, that smell. Um, I mean, I, they're all dead. You're not really going to have to pay that much. Right, exactly. But but anyway, so he, uh, he, he's like, he, he was supposed to get rid of the smell, this guy that they hired. And he, I guess he did because they said, I thought it was gone. But then apparently they refused to pay. So then the smell came back. And then all these kids went, and then basically he took them and put them someplace. We don't we don't know where. We don't know what's going on. But I figured out it's it's the Pied Piper. The story is the story of the Pied Piper. Oh no! Because you know the Pied and it's West Ham Hamlin was was you know where the Pied Piper took place. They hired him to get rid of the rats. He got rid of the rats. They said, okay, well we're not going to pay you now. What what we said we were going to pay you. So he took all the kids. I mean that's that's nice. basically what this story is. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think that I think that you can still build a, a satisfying world around even a simple story like that. And like I said, because of the whole aspects of who's going to be in charge and, and and who guards people and and you know different things happen in the show when it comes to you know different char- things that characters end up doing to each other or with each other or whatever that, that obviously affects things. It's obviously much more complex than, than that story. But yeah, I like, I like the fusion between kind of, it's a mystery. What the hell's going on with them? But you do really get wrapped up in the characters and how they're, how these teenagers that really don't know shit. And and that's the thing they write them. They don't write them as like supermen or anything like that or super women where where they know how to do everything they're really clueless like like most 16 and 17 year old kids would be in this situation and they're really kind of fumbling through it and it's it's really satisfying because it it's sometimes it's sort of frustrating cuz you're like no why would you why would you do it that way that's so dumb and and then you know they uh they end up getting punished for it. You know, they end up they, it, it t- ends up biting them in the in the ass and everything. But yeah, I I like the fusion between that kind of stuff and and the the broader, more high concept stuff. You know, what I just realized uh, now that you said the thing about the Pied Piper, but hmm. I could be completely wrong on this one. You would know better than I. Hmm. Remember the Stephen King? Uh, it was like a book, but also a made-for-TV movie, Storm of the. Yeah, I remember Storm of the Century. I know it's supposed to be about like you know the lost colony of Roanoke, but that's kind of similar to the Pied Piper too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it is it is really similar to the Pied Piper. You know, it's funny though; it it wasn't a book. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if it came out. Was it a screenplay that he just released? Yes. Then, or? Yes. I don't know. Wow. If, I don't know if it was like a giant money grab. Which I he's you don't got, know if it's a giant money grab. He's got so much money. I don't know why he would do that. But yes, he. It was a made-for-TV movie, and he decided to release the screenplay as a wow. quote-unquote book. That was kind of a terrible uh, show. Oh, I wish yeah. it was a little more popular because I, I would I, I've looked so many times for like the, a, a gif of the uh, I forget the main guy the bad guy's name going just give me give what me I what want I and I'll want. go away yeah, exactly yeah that part is that part is super memorable the rest of it is just garbage yeah oh yeah it's not uh, <laughs> it's not great and and I love it's like it's Stephen like dream catch, it's like Dreamcatcher level oh yeah yeah and one of the guys from Dreamcatcher might actually be in that ooh. That is definitely possible. I know that Tim Daly was in it from Wings. He played the cop. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. 
Oh, but yeah. So, and I, like I said, I like, I like Stephen King a lot, but I, I don't like him so much that I can recognize the ones that aren't good. And, you know, Storm of the Century was not good. I think his name was Andre Linoge or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Lino, Lino, that's uh, I can't remember. I'm not even going to bother because it was terrible. Let me look. The budget for Storm of the Century, this is in 1999, $35 million. Oh, my God. For a made-for-TV movie, how? And that that one especially. You know, I've never really seen Wings. I'm not fucking Neil Clemens over here watching everything about <laughs> fucking uh, planes. I can <laughs> Oh my god. I liked Wings a little bit back in the day. But yeah, this was released on uh Valentine's Day, February 14th, and I I will always remember that because our well my friend, I think you knew her too, Jenny Sutherland. <laughs> she, uh sounds familiar. I was hanging out with Alex and some of my friends and and you know, we were having a good time like we usually do. She called me up and said she wanted to go up to Michigan Tech to see her boyfriend for Valentine's Day. Now, for those of you not in Michigan, Michigan Tech is in the upper... Oh my God, upper, Michigan Tech? Yeah. Michigan Tech is in the upper peninsula of Michigan. It's basically in Wisconsin. It's, the, it's like the most upper point of Michigan. It's like on a, little, on a little part of the peninsula that goes up. That's where it is, I think. Yeah. Basically, when you, when you get to the... So if you drive from Detroit... When you get to the Mackinac Bridge, you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite a drive. So I drove with her. I said to her, "Oh my god, I, I didn't I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. She wanted to go see her boyfriend." I said, "Are there are there girls up there? Are there available women at at, at Michigan Tech? No, there's not." Oh, she said yes. There was. Oh, well. later, later, I found out there was like 15 guys for every girl that went there. Yes. But so I drove up there with her. I think it was probably a like a twelve hour drive or something. Probably. And so I drove up there with her and watched Storm of the Century in her boyfriend's dorm room. <laughs> and I was pissed the whole time. Yeah, I could see that. Uh but yeah, so that was that was when I watched Storm of the Century. And yeah, because it wasn't even in a it wasn't even a satisfying thing. We were out at dinner, and I was like, oh, we got to get back to the dorm. Because I don't want to miss Storm of the Century. <laughs> and that was a huge mistake. Did you know that uh, Tim Daly is dating uh, Taya Leone? Oh, good for him. I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, they both of those people have not been famous since 1994. Tim Daly broke both legs in a ski accident while on vacation in Sundance. Aw. He's fine, I'm sure. Yeah, he could still fly a plane. He can still uh, be in the fucking reboot of Storm of the Century if they need him. Yeah, his brother on the show, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's been doing some stuff lately. Steven Weber, that's his name. Oh, I've heard the name, but I thought you were talking about the guy who was in um, uh, Demon Knight. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember that guy's name either. Oh, Lloyd. The big... The big Goofy guy? Yeah, I think he played... I think his name was Lloyd on Wings. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I have no idea. But, yeah, he uh, he was in Demon Knights. Thomas Hayden Church. Lowell. That was his name. Lowell, yep, Ma- Lowell Mather. 
There was a, there was a he was on Conan O'Brien once, and uh, Norm Macdonald's the other guest, and it's a very funny interview because Norm keeps interrupting him. <laughs> oh, Norm is the best on that. Yeah, he's like, I, I mean, that that should be the show. Just like he's always the guest on the show. I'd watch that. Seriously, that would be the best talk show of all time if it was just Norm. Norm is the first guest and then stays out with every subsequent guest. Norm really is like the best like talk show guest. Absolutely. I mean, Roddy Dangerfield's up there too, but wow. I mean, he's 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 actually better as a talk show guest than he is as, than, as a comedian. Yeah, I agree. And he's a very good comedian. Yeah. But he yeah, he's he's one of those people that like in the in in the gilded age or or, or whatever in the se- in the 18th century, he would have he, he would have killed at parties. Everyone would have been like, "Oh, you know, you've got to have Norm at your party." He he would have been the the cocktail party master. Yeah, he'd make Oscar Wilde look like a piece of shit. Exactly. Oscar Wilde would start calling people cisgendered, <laughs> and Jeez. and Norm would say, uh, "That's a uh, that's a, a term that uh, transgender people to to make normal people feel uh, feel what did he say? Feel marginalized." Yeah, <laughs> it's such a perfect Norm Norm comment. Oh, yeah. so Inglorious Bastards. You watched Inglorious Bastards. Let's talk about yeah. that. That's also a very long movie. That might be two and a half hours, so I haven't I didn't watch all of it. But, I mean, I, this movie, it's back on Netflix. I'm so happy. I'm mm-hmm. guessing it's back because uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is out. I wonder if Jackie Brown's on there, too. I should check. Oh, yeah. Good yeah, Glorious Bastards, there were so many parts in the movie you could just watch a single... I realized watching it this time that basically this movie is just like a bunch of really good scenes put together. I mean, there's so many yep. super long like parts. Like, the very opening part is great when... um oh, What's his name? Lanza? Yeah, La- Landa. Land- yeah, there you go. Hans Landa, um, played by Christoph Waltz, just mm-hmm. like kind of shows up at a, a farm in France, and he goes, "Yeah, I know you're hiding." You know, he, he, it's a very uh, roundabout way of you know he, he perfectly shows him. Oh yeah, by the way, I know exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's because it, I always wonder this. I, I don't know if it, this is going to sound crazy because he's a Nazi who's charged with hunting down Jewish people, but I don't know that he necessarily hates Jewish people. He just has like, a super powerful talent at fighting yeah and i think the end of the movie sort of sort of kind of gives away that he probably doesn't hate jewish people that much because he's 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 more of an opportunist than anything else yeah yeah exactly because once he realizes that like they say so they say when they before they go in to do this this operation that which obviously never happened we, we learned this is an alternate history uh, but they say they mentioned the Armada that's going to happen pretty soon, which they're clearly talking about D-Day. So I'm guessing he got wind that it was hap- that that was happening, and basically realized, okay, we're we're screwed. We're not going to win this war. You know, Hitler is deluded. You know, thinking if he thinks that we're going to win this thing. So given that. What's the best case scenario for me? How do I get out of this? And and I think yeah, that's he, that's the explanation for why he does what he does. He basically makes a, gr- a deal with the U.S. government. Like, hey, I can prevent Hitler from being killed here, but I'll let you guys do it if you give me some, you know, mm-hmm. basically let me come to your country. And, you know, I have like a prominent, I can't remember what he asked exactly for, but it's like, you know, he's going to be like a wealthy man in the United States. Yeah, exactly. Which is is a good place to be a wealthy person. 
Yeah, yeah, one of the best. Uh, but yeah, so definitely that, not in like fucking uh, Scandinavian countries. I mean, yeah, everybody's rich there, but you don't produce anything. Exactly. Why would you want to be rich in Sweden? By the way, I checked the uh, I checked the analytics uh, the other day, Mike. So we do. We do have two listeners in Finland, and we have two listeners in Norway, and obviously our our, our brethren in in the Netherlands, you know, are, are standing strong. You guys are not part of Scandinavia, obviously. We know that you are the northernmost part of Europe, holding holding the you're, fort. You're basically like uh, the uh, the Night's Watch in Game of Thrones, exactly. Versus Scandinavia, exactly. But we have no listeners in Sweden. Good. <laughs> I just thought that was funny because obviously Finland and Norway are, are right around Sweden and it's, you know, listeners here, listeners on this side, no listeners in the middle. <laughs> I just want to point out too that uh, I don't know if it's considered to be technically part of Scandinavia. I think some people do consider it, but fuck Iceland too. I hate you as well. Yeah. Your your language is the hardest language to learn in the world, according to everyone I've talked to. Finnish is actually very difficult too, from what I've heard. Like it, it shares some commonalities with like some like uh, Chinese, or it's like a really weird like language structure. Why do you guys fucking do that to yourselves? What a terrible language, yeah, Finnish. Go fuck yourself. Don't. <laughs> Except our two listeners, you guys are cool. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I mean, you maybe. definitely have the uh, maybe they tide just, is against you. Maybe they just listen to hate us. If, if you're in Finland or Norway, I hope you're hate listening to us. Yeah, exactly. That that would make us happy. But I can imagine you right now uh, reading a fucking book in front of a fireplace with your stupid cozy pants on. You're dumb. Uh, well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say wooden shoes, but obviously they're not dumb because uh, the good people of the Netherlands wear wooden shoes all the time. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, eating your your loot fish or whatever, your salted cured meat, you know, fish. Ugh. Oh, th- th- thanks for IKEA, uh, Sweden. We appreciate that. So I, I, I really enjoy building furniture that falls apart a fucking day later. Seriously. And you really have brought me lots of joy. Thank you. Yeah, I like going out shopping for a cabinet and that taking up my entire fucking Saturday because I have to walk through your your uh, labyrinth store. Yeah. Yeah, why, why make a store where you can go to any department you want without having to see every other fucking department? Yeah, exactly. And their meatballs were made out of horse meat. Yeah, they weren't especially great either. Ugh, I don't like Swedish meatballs at all, honestly. One time uh, I bought a wardrobe from there, and mind you, I worked at a furniture store assembling furniture for like yeah. four years. He did, I can verify. And, so it, and this took me two days to put this piece of shit wardrobe together. And finally, after two days, I got it, and I lifted it up, and then I moved it an inch, and the entire side fucking Yeah. And that, that's the perfect thing in, in Clerks the Animated Series, when he's like, uh, Ikea, the block, or whatever stupid name it was. What do I do with this dowel? Right. I, I've all, a lot of times I make jokes that just only entertain me, and one of them was when the founder of Ikea died. I claimed that he would be, would be buried as soon as they could assemble his coffin. <laughs> That made me laugh, but I don't think anyone else appreciated the way oh, I did. I love it. So I'm on Netflix right now. They've got The Hateful Eight, Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, No Country for Old Men, uh, then The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which obviously isn't. But those are the only Tarantino movies they have. But they also have The Hateful Eight Extended Edition. Oh, my God. How could there be an extended version of that movie? 
I heard that movie's not the greatest. I haven't seen it though, and I have no plans. It's fine. You know, I don't I don't hate it. It's a it's a fine movie, but it's it's not it's not one of his best. It's I would put it like firmly in the middle of the pack. It's not worth the two hour and forty minute runtime or, or whatever it is. You know what movie by Tarantino was really good up to a point? Can you can you guess what which one it's like very good up until like the last quarter of the movie? Very good up until the last quarter of the movie. So let me think of of his films real quick. Um, Reservoir Dogs? No, no, it, it was um, Django Unchained. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. That was I. I love that movie up till like there's a certain part where suddenly, oh wait, it's like suddenly like a black exploitation movie, and that makes no sense. I mean, the movie was amazing up until like suddenly like. Jamie Foxx, who's really good in it. He's a really good actor in general. Mm-hmm. He starts like shooting like chandeliers and shit. It's just like the dumbest fucking. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's really, I I, I absolutely one hundred percent agree with that. the The ending of it was very unsatisfying to me. Yes. Um, but yeah, back to the Glorious Bastards. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, I, when it's on Netflix, every so often I'll just open up on the. I'll fast forward to the scene where they're in the uh, the bar. Yeah, that's a great scene. That, that's a, that's amazing. The whole and it's mostly in German too. But I think they do do these stereotypical. Oh, let's both speak English now. Yeah, <laughs> that is weird. But yeah, that that part's really good. As you alluded to, the opening is really good. Quentin Tarantino just knows how to build a scene. He knows exactly how long a scene should be. Knows exactly how long each shot should be. Obviously, the acting in that scene is incredible. But they, you know, it's it's all it's all put together and blended in a way that it's it's super tense and and you know really really gets you yeah, going. You feel you feel the tension of the uh, undercover agents in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's almost nothing happens until the very end of the scene. Basically, as as it's written on the paper, guy comes in, sits down, has some milk. They talk. I mean, that's that's the bare bones of the scene. But how it's filmed, what they're saying, you know, the the actual dialogue and the performance of, of the two actors, it's it's fantastic. Uh, a fantastic scene. Yeah, Michael Fassbender is really good in that, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny because he, he actually is German. Yep, but he's playing an Englishman, and of course the. I mean, I think Christoph Waltz is Austrian. There's probably other Germans in there, but the guy who actually is a German, first of all, he's in there for two scenes. He's in there when he's like talking to Michael Myers. Yep. And I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of confused about that. Is that guy who's sitting in the background supposed to be Churchill? Yeah, it's supposed to be. Okay, which is, I mean, he's very quiet for Winston Churchill. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Maybe he's like five quarts of brandy into the day, though. That that might explain it. Right. But yeah, I mean, Mike Myers is Mike Myers is a weird person. I think. Like, did you know he did like a he did the Gong Show like a, a year or two ago? But he was in character the whole time, and he never claimed to be Mike Myers. Yeah, I heard something about that when I never actually watched the show, but in the lead up to it, I I heard about what they were doing, and he was playing some weird character, and like they they build him as this character. I think he he insisted that he got paid as this character and everything. Like he formed an LLC so that he could get paid as this character as opposed to getting paid as himself. And, but everyone knew who it was, so it was yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, because, because who else would watch the fifth incarnation of the Gong Show? Yeah, God. Although and I, apparently, apparently, no one. 
Although I will say that uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is a really f- good film. I really like that movie. Yeah, Me too. It's, it's, I didn't think I'd like it, but it, it was surprisingly good. Yeah, Mike Myers is just so... If, I've read a, a, a bit of things, you know, like he was like a oral history of Austin Powers and stuff. Well, he just seems like a very odd type of person. Yeah, he's made some very, very funny films, but he's a yeah, weird and, guy. And, an underrated movie that I, I, I enjoy a lot. Um, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen it from the beginning. And my wife loves it. Uh, so I married an axe murderer. That's a hilarious. Love that movie. That's one of my favorites as well. Alex yeah. and I quote that that film all the time. Yeah, I don't even know it to that degree. But yeah, um, I'm sorry. I know we keep getting um, off topic, but no, uh, and glorious bastards. I mean, it's just like, and then and then you, you actually there's a surprise when they kill Hitler. Yeah, I was really sh- the first time I saw it. I was really shocked. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, there's no way they're gonna kill. Oh, oh, they're fucking shooting Hitler in the face. He's dead." Yeah, and as soon as that happened, I mean, I guess it all clicked into place because because I was thinking, you know, okay, so this is this is you know, it's not history, obviously, but it it takes place during a historical time, so things have to go a certain way. Obviously, this isn't how Hitler dies, so they're they're gonna fail. And I was expecting to fail the entire time. And when they started failing, I was like, okay, so here's how they fail. It's going to be interesting. And then they succeed. And like, as soon as that, as soon as he's getting shot in the face, like all torn up, I thought to myself, okay, so this is an alternate history. And I just like, he makes you, he, he makes you buy in right away. Like I bought in instantly to like, okay, this is just an alternate history. Yeah, what's, what's interesting about that is I've heard people theorize that I don't know that it was all planned out from like, you know, uh, Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. but people claim that like that's why in all Quentin Tarantino movies, like everyone's like obsessed with like pop culture because one of the biggest events of history is uh, Adolf Hitler being killed in a movie theater. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think there's some ties to his other movies, like the same characters, you know, like they're you know obviously like their ancestors or I'm not 100 percent on that, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's a fun movie. I like. Yeah, like I said, it's probably my favorite. Jackie Brown's probably my second favorite, but it could go either way. Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown's one that people don't talk about when they talk about Quentin Tarantino. But my God, it's such a great film. Obviously, you know, based on on Rum Punch, right? The novel by um, yeah, I think it's Rum Punch, and it's a bit of writing the rap as well. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, by Elmore Leonard. Uh, local Michigan writer, rest in peace, Elmore Leonard, but fantastic uh, author, and it's a great movie. Yeah, what's great about that, and it's it's to you know to Tarantino's credit is he doesn't he does I mean he's known for writing really good dialogue. He he doesn't overstep. He basically it's very close to the book, the books. You know, yeah, it is. I mean, there's obviously some elements that are you know you know anachronistic from the book because it was like in the early '90s, I think. So he. Does change something up, but yeah, it's 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 a great movie, and uh, Robert De Niro's in it. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel Jackson is great as always. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's, that's I, I love that movie. It's it's uh, one of my favorites, obviously. Yeah, very very good film. But yeah, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, like you said, I mean, I think that's a good. I think that's a good example of it because anytime I think of that movie, what I think of is scenes, and I think of my favorite scenes. I think of that opening. I think of the. The bar scene. I think of the the scene, you know, at the end where the 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 thing gets lit lit on fire. The the theater gets lit on fire yeah. and everything. Um, I think of the scene where he carves the the swastika into uh, into his head. Um, I even think of the the Brad Pitt. 
you know, the the drill sergeant drill sergeant type uh, where he's he's telling everyone what they're going to do, basically. Uh, yeah, it's everybody in the movie. What's funny is um, it wasn't his actual first movie, but the first movie he did a screenplay for that was developed was uh, True Romance and Brad Pitt's briefly in the head. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is right. But yeah, another scene that is really good in Glorious Bastards. I didn't realize how like. I didn't realize the context until I read about it later. Is um, you know the part where um Shoshana is like at the uh, restaurant and she meets up with like the, the war hero guy. Like I forget his name. He kind of like Freddie. You know, is that her. his name? I, I don't know. I think and it's then, uh, Freddy something. Yeah. The, then Lonza shows up. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's funny, and I didn't realize this, is the strudel is actually like it's not kosher because apparently during that time period they they weren't able to use butter. They had to use a uh, pork fat, you know, to make the strudel. Right. So so it makes sense, like you know, not only is she kind of like unnerved because she recognizes how she recognizes Lon. I, I don't understand that because she was under the floorboards and running away. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever the context is. But I mean, the whole time she's nervous from that, and then like she's basically being forced to eat something that's like against her religion, which I didn't realize until I read that later. It's just like wow, it's like adds another layer to the tension, and that's like such a weird little detail that you know that it's oh wait actually during this time period it wasn't kosher so it's it's just kind of crazy yeah absolutely the only explanation i have for maybe why she would recognize landa is maybe his his reputation was such that she kind of put two and two together she'd heard about him after the incident with her family and she so she She had heard the name yeah. yeah so she kind of knew who he was and she was like okay that's the the guy that that killed my family so that she kind of put it together that's my only explanation for that. And then we have like another like really excessively long like uh, nod to uh, Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish. Yes, because it's like a reverse version of Cinderella, where um, Londa finds I can't remember his name. Yeah. He finds a shoe that was left in the bar by the woman who's like the actress, and he's mm-hmm. like, and the fact that it fits her—that's like the flimsiest like you know evidence I've ever heard of in my entire life. Oh, it fits you. I'm gonna. Yeah. Exactly. But he, I'm sure he had other, you know, evidence that they just, you know, didn't bring into the movie. Well, he found they he found that that autograph that she wrote for his that guy's ah, baby. Yeah, that's that's true, Max. Yeah, Max. That's right, Maximilian. But you know, it's funny too because I I have studied German, sort of the the language and everything. And the first time I saw the movie, I re, I kind of realized I didn't know if they were going to point it out. Like I didn't know that that he would go to that level. But when he did the three, the three fingers with the, like we do in the United States with the, the first three fingers and not the thumb, I was like, Oh, that's, that's not, that's not how they would do it in Germany. I was just being a smart ass basically. But then I saw the look on that, on on that major's face. And I was like, Oh fuck, they're, they're actually doing this. Like that's, that's a really smart, uh, kind of thing to write in there of how to, realistically he kind of would be able to give himself away. Yeah, it's, I, I like that it's not something dumb, like, oh, wait, I mean, something you can't really tell, like, oh, his accents, I mean, yeah, his, I don't, I, maybe his accent was off, I have no idea, I'm mm-hmm. not that familiar with, you know, the German accent. Yeah, well, yeah, accents, I, I couldn't really tell you, but... But yeah, I uh, it, it's it's a thing that's really believable, you know, in a in a movie of things where you know some unbelievable things happens. Obviously, that's kind of the way Tarantino writes his films. But that's a thing that's believable. It's a it's a detail that a lot of people going undercover might miss. Yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like in Reservoir Dogs. There's that's a another theme that he revisits, like the undercover agent. 
Yeah, absolutely. That is a big thing in his. Which is funny because in, Re- in Reservoir Dogs, there's a large part of the movie dedicated to like, oh, how are you going to fit in? You know, and you can't do this. You have to do this, and mm-hmm. like it's you know comes up again. Yeah. You know, year- yeah, and they picked this guy because he knew German cinema and he knew the German language, and he kind of yeah, he was a film he was a film critic of German cinema. Yeah, but you know that doesn't necessarily mean you'd know the. How, and how many how many German films do they hold up three fingers like that? And that's something right. you might just forget anyway. Just kind of, you know, because it's such a natural thing to hold up those three fingers. Yeah, and you're under pressure and all that. It's 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 a nice little detail. Yeah. Uh, so, it, definitely a tremendous movie. I, I, everyone should check it out. And, and it's it's on Netflix. If you're brave enough, check out the extended version of The Hateful Eight. I'd be interested to know what is added, what they could possibly add to that film in the extended version. But I don't, I'm not willing to watch it to find out. Today I learned that I'm not brave. Yeah, exactly. Oh, let me check on this real quick. So the extended... Oh, weird. (laughs) The extended version of The Hateful Eight is like four hours long. Oh my God. It's it's so long. I don't know if there's some sort of limitation as far as Netflix goes with length of, of things, but it's separated into four episodes as if it's a, it's, if it's, it's one season of a TV show. It says wow. it's a season one. And then there's the four, like four different chapters, last stage to red rock, uh, minis, haberdashery, uh, Dahmer Goose got a secret and the last chapter. Those are the actual chapters that appear in the in the film, but it's 50 minutes, 51 minutes, 53 minutes, 56 minutes. So not quite four hours long, but what is that? Uh, four, seven, four hours nine, would be a little ten. too self-indulgent. Yeah, it's like three. It's like three forty. <laughs> Shit. Just want to give a shout out to my uh, cat Bodie. Well, really more my wife's cat. He stayed in here the entire time in the garage with me and hasn't cried it out once. Good for you, Bodie. Nice shout out to Bodie. So that is our show for the week. As always, tell a friend. That's the biggest thing you can do. Tell a friend about the show. Tell them that uh, we're here and that they should listen. If you want to buy some merchandise for the show, like I said, you can go over to the shop. Just click on shop at uh, bigheadsmedia.com. Check us out on Twitter, on uh, MySpace, on Facebook. Just put in Massive Late Fee in your computer and say go, or just tell Alexa, hey, everyone out there, Alexa, (laughs) play (laughs) Massive Late Fee. (laughs) Now it's playing on your Alexa, too. So, yeah, just do do all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next week. Bye. See you next time.